So that was awesome. Walking by the Spirit, dominating the flesh. Guys, I'm excited. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can handle it. Tagging yesterday's got me right up. I've got to just be open. I, I don't like tagging. I don't like it. Ingrid and I were like walking next to each other. I looked at her and she looked at me. She's like, bro, I don't like doing this. I don't like this. I hate it too. You know, it's raining. We're like, we're like, ah. Let me go shake a bucket to somebody's going to tell me no, you know? But here's the thing to think about it is that it is a struggle and it does challenge your heart. But when you get your heart right, when you get your heart in the right place, things change. And what's amazing about that is, is I think the thing that changed my heart when I was there, from like, sis, I'm struggling, to sis, I can't wait to go share with somebody, is this woman walked up to me. She had a newspaper. And on this newspaper, it had three short statements. Deaf, hungry, needing bus pass. Wow. She's just like, she's like 410, this withered old lady who's saying, I'm deaf, I'm hungry, and I need help. Wow. Now, what are we doing out there? We're out there asking for people to give us money because we need help. Mm-hmm. And here's this woman asking me for money. What is your reaction? Mm-hmm. Right? I couldn't help it. I was looking at her like, man, I know that we're ever going to be asking for money. There's no way I can ask somebody else and tell this woman no. There's no way in my heart, right? So I just I was like, okay, all right, amen. She moved my heart, right? Mm. Moved my heart, just reached out, pulled out a $20 bill and gave it to her. She jumped out of her skin. Aww. She was so excited. From that moment on, all of a sudden my heart's right, yeah. right? Now all of a sudden it's like when you give, God changes your heart, right? Yeah. He changes your heart and you realize why you're out there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I can't make this up, I must have got $80 in like 20 minutes. Like people wow. drop 20 after 20 after 20 after 20. They're like, heck yeah, I want to help you out. It's an amazing thing yeah. when you give, God will give way more. Yeah. But he wants to test your heart. I see some things downtown that rocked my world. There's a man in the corner with like a tarp over him. His socks were destroyed, band-aids all over him, feet swollen. They were completely wrecked. And I'm just like, I've got to be more grateful. Yeah. I've got to be more grateful. I've got to have a better heart about the situation that I'm in. And I just appreciate what Danny's talking about, about dominating the flesh. Because even though it might not be a physical appearance that we could be in that way, we could be in that way spiritually, okay? And so I just want to talk about what kind of heart we need to have. If you want to turn with me, go to Luke chapter 18. We're going to kick it off really fast for a campus weekend. I hope you guys are excited. The campus is with the bomb. That was something, man. That was crazy, crazy awesome. But in Luke chapter 18, we see something really special about Jesus here. Come on. He says in verse, uh, let me see here. I gotta get my notes out because I took a bunch of notes on all you guys. You guys did so good on the communion and the control. So Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 15, says, People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them, but Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Okay, so why is this important when we're walking by the Spirit? Jesus very clearly talks about the heart we need to have. And so I went on a little experiment. I went to some of the sisters and said, hey, describe to me a childlike heart, right? What are some things when you guys think about it? And they gave you some interesting answers. They said, well, there's an innocence about a child. There's, a, there's like a, a purity about a child. I can't tell you. There's nothing greater than like a little like three-year-old 
running up to you because they're excited to see you. That happened to me the other day. We were like walking along the lilies, right, or the cherry blossoms in, in UW. I've never seen it before, so I was like blown away. And so I'm walking down, and I hear this voice again I mean, I turn around, and it's Brenton. Yeah, I'm just full speed. And I'm like, I'm like, Brenton! You know, and like, swooped him up, and it's just a pure moment, you know, when you have a child's heart. And you yeah. see a child's heart, there's no mistaking. He was full of joy in that moment. Yeah. Right? He was fired up. Yeah. He was fired up. And Jesus calls us to have the same heart. This heart that's pure. This heart yeah. that, that loves to learn. This heart that doesn't pull back. Right. A heart that struggles. Amen? Like kids struggle. There's no doubt. They are emotional, struggling. Maybe even will argue with you and like want their own way. But at the end of the day, they always trust. Yeah. Yes. At the end of the day, they're willing to just, okay, calm down and listen. Mm -hmm. And that's the heart that we need to have, that Jesus calls us to have. Yes. Point number one, you're not too far gone to have a childlike heart. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1. I know that I can definitely feel that way. I know that I've seen people, you know, that uh, have lived some crazy lives. And you might be asking me, like, am I too far gone? I think, like, I'm too far gone to change. You don't know what I've been through. Right? You don't know what I've seen or what I've been through. And frankly, I think maybe, maybe you should see it from God's perspective. Because yeah. I, I could give you some weird opinions, but when you look at God's perspective, He tells it how it is. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 13, it says, Even though I, this is talking about the Apostle Paul, says, Even though I was once a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance. And unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save who? Sinners. sinners right? Not to save perfect people. Came to the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. For that very reason, I'm shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. That's amazing. So what does that say? That means, no, your heart isn't too far gone. Are you violent? I used to be. Are you angry? I still struggle with that. Are you a person who might be a blasphemer or a person who is a persecutor or a person who maybe was ignorant in unbelief? Like, where is your heart that you feel is just stopping you from really representing God, right? What is that thing that really is stopping you? Because for him, he said, I was all these things. I was the worst of all these things. And literally, God made an example of me. So it's almost like the worse you are, the more God can use you. It's kind of the opposite of what the enemy tells you, right? Yeah. The enemy wants to tell you, you're... Not good enough right. to serve me. You're not good enough to actually do something useful when the facts are is that's not true. Skip down to chapter 2 of 1 Timothy and look with me at verse number 3. It says, This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Amen. That's God's heart. I want all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Now you might be saying to me, Jesse, that sounds great. You don't know some of the people I'm talking about. Well, okay. Fair enough. I've seen some crazies. I've known some crazies. 
But I think what's amazing <laughs> is you get to see God's heart yet again. Let's look at an example in Acts 24. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm on a little history journey. Got to learn a little quick history lesson. And uh, it was awesome. I was blown away when I found out all this stuff. In Acts chapter 24, starting in verse 22, we see this account. Then Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, during the proceedings, when Lysias, the commander, comes, he said, I will decide your case. He ordered the centurion to keep Paul under guard, but to give him some freedom, permit his friends to take care of his needs. Several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was a Jewess. She, he sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. As Paul discoursed on, right, on righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now. You may leave, and when I find it convenient, I'll send for you. Then, okay, here's the guy who, if you guys don't know the terminology, in verse 22, he says he was well acquainted with the way. The way is what they used to call Christianity in the first century. It was, it was, the, it was the phrase they used to describe Christianity. So he was well acquainted with the way. Let me ask you, have you guys ever heard those people, met those people that like, I know all about Christianity. Yeah. Oh, I've been to church. Absolutely. I've read the Bible before. Mm. All right, we just got done blitzing the campus. I can't tell you how many people said that. I've read the Bible before, and it's just not for me. Yeah. You must not pay attention. <laughs> you might want to go back and dip a second time, because there's some crazy stuff in there, you know, that should grab your attention. But it says that he was well acquainted with the way. And when he hears Paul describe what? He talked about Christ. He talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. That man said, this is enough. I'm not ready for all that. I'll come back when it's convenient. Kind of like a lot of people, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll do that when, when it fits my schedule better. right? I'll do that when, when, I, when I'm ready to give up my sin. I'll do that when I get older, you know, like, isn't religion for older people? Funny how all the older people are like, isn't religion for the younger people, you know, like, it's, it's just so, it's, what's your heart? That's the point, what is your heart, right? We're dominating the flesh, and we're walking by the spirit. What is your heart? I want to point really quickly to a character that maybe some of you guys haven't seen before. Her name is Drusilla, right? The wife of Felix. Let's do a little history lesson on her really quickly. Drusilla was married at one point, not to Felix. Now, Felix sent a man who enticed her away from her husband, okay? So here's this woman who's left her husband, who's still living, and is married to Felix. She's one of three daughters of Herod Agrippa I, who, if you guys remember in Acts 12, he was yeah. eaten by worms, right? Some bad news there, right? She had two sisters, Mary and Bernice. Bernice is a whole other story. If you want to study her, that's a whole other mess. Her father, right, Herod Agrippa I, was the one that murdered James, okay, in Acts chapter 12. This is her dad, right? Her dad murdered James. Her great uncle, Herod Antipas, beheaded John the Baptist, right? Her great grandpa, Herod the Great, killed all the children in Bethlehem at the birth of Jesus. Wow. Dang. Some people are like, well, you don't know where I come from. My family, they're kind of crazy. You know, my family's alcoholics or drug abusers or violent or whatever it is. Listen, I come from a family that's like that. I come from a family that 
you know, was completely busted down by alcohol and drugs. Completely broken down by prison and things that are just cops breaking down the doors and just crazy stuff. And you think, because of my roots, I can't change. Well, listen to this. This woman had this incredibly horrible family record of persecuting God's people. And here she is in front of Paul hearing the gospel. Come on. And that's God's mercy. Come on. He wants all people to be saved. Yeah, that's right. But our hearts in that moment is, I'll come back when it's convenient. Mm. I don't want to change. See, we have a decision. We have a decision. And so it's amazing how awesome God is. Amen? Amen. Right? Isn't that awesome? So point number two, the proof is in the pudding. Let's go to Acts chapter two. The proof is in the pudding. So what happens when you actually hear the word? And things change, right? This woman made a decision when it's, when it's convenient, right? Her husband led her in the same direction. A man who knew the way. Her husband led his wife astray. Right? right? Even though he said he knew. They were unwilling to commit. But when you hear the word, what happens? Right? There's a reaction. There's a response. In Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 36, it says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about living by the Spirit and dominating the flesh. Okay? Living by the Spirit, dominating the flesh. What happens? When you accept the message, when you accept the gospel, when you see what Christ has done, Right? It's like a man who's murdered somebody, and in the old Texas days, right, they could shoot you, you know, they just handled it right there, and somebody else, right, you're the one that deserves it. You're standing there, you're deserving judgment. And somebody else who didn't do that stepped in the way and took the bullet. Wow. And now all of a sudden, you have the choice to live that person's life. Wow. That's the gospel. Christ literally took that bullet, Come on, and we're called to live his life. Yeah. That's amazing. These men understood that. Now, help me understand this. What were these men like? I guarantee you there were people who were immoral in that group. I guarantee you there were people who were angry, who were broken, who were lost, people who had addictions. I guarantee you this group wasn't like perfect, fluffy angels who were like cut to the heart. You know, they're just like, oh, wow, Jesus, he died for me. I'll just change my life and do what I was already doing. You know, like, no, they were like cut to the heart. They're like, ah, I need this. I need this. He died for me, and I understand what I need to do. Well, let's look at the reaction. When you receive that gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, your life isn't the same. It's not the same. There there isn't like a, okay, I've accepted the message, I understand it intellectually, so I guess we'll just kind of wake up because I have to, and I guess I'll have to, I guess I have to go to church now, and... I guess I'll just, uh, man, I have to give money now because, I mean, I guess, you know, that's what I'm supposed to do is my obligation. It's kind of like if you woke up and I'm not married, but it's kind of like looking at my wife and saying, I guess I have to love you because I said I would. <laughs> I guess I have to love our kids because I guess that's what I'm just, uh, well, you know, that's life. That's life. No, you know, like, that's just what it is. You know, there's, there's a hard issue, right? We're supposed yeah. to have childlike hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Childlike hearts. Let's look at what happened in verse 42 of Acts chapter 2. It says, they devoted 
themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Many wonders, miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Mm. So here is a change of heart. That change of heart happens with the gospel. Amen? Amen. That is a change that isn't from you. God changes your heart. Right. You can't change your heart. I'm sorry, but you can't. God changes your heart. Yeah, yeah. When you understand what God has done, he's the one that takes your heart of stone, right? The one that's desensitized to sin. The one that is hardened. The one that is prideful. The yeah. one that doesn't understand God's mercy and grace. He takes that out and he gives you a heart of flesh. Yeah. You have a heart of flesh. Now all of a sudden you want to be around other people. Mm -hmm. But heart of flesh, right? Yeah. yeah. You can't wait to be with God's people, right? You just want to be there. You're like, please... Two days away from God's people feels like a week. I can't do it. Call somebody, right? It's amazing, right? But what happens is the flesh wants to creep in, right? We want to dominate the flesh, right? Because just because you've had your heart changed doesn't mean the enemy's going to let you go. Right. There's an enemy, amen? There is an enemy out there who is not happy that you know God. He's not fired up that you're in God's presence. The fact we can even be there in God's presence is... Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I want to share with you some quick practicals Come on, on how we can dominate the flesh. On. One of those is yeah. sharing your faith. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? There's nothing like sharing your faith yeah. to help people understand the gift that you have. Right? Yeah. We just blitz the campus and share with over 2,000 people. That was an amazing harvest to have 27 guests at a barbecue. I freaked out. I freaked out. I was just sitting there and I was watching them come in. And I was like, Lord, help me. I can't get them all. Like, there's too many. I can't do it. I need help. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. That's a good problem. I didn't even find all those. Those weren't even because of me. That's awesome. But what's your, what's your conviction, right? When you're tagging, is your conviction to share your faith while you're tagging? It's a great opportunity. What are you doing with those people that you are sharing your faith with? Are you following up with them? Are you building a friendship? Are you buying them coffee? Are you investing into them? Are you being spiritually used? Yeah. Right? Because there's no way you're going to dominate the flesh if you're living in the flesh. You've got to have a spiritual life, right? Yeah. You've got to walk as Christ Walked. And with that, I know that there's no better event to learn how to do that than what? Women's Day! Boom! It's amazing. I got to serve at Women's Day last year, and it really is incredible what the women do. The work that they put into it. It's insanely awesome. Mm -hmm. It's insanely awesome when you have women committed. They are doing so much work, guys. If you just understood, like... What's really going to happen at Women's Day? You'd yes. be signing up everybody you know. That is so because true. it is impactful. There's nothing like women with women, no boys allowed. Man, like, they're like singing different songs and having a great old time. You know, they're like, all right, the Lord is merciful and good. Um, but guys, to close, I want to actually sing a song. I'm not going to sing the song. Oh. But there's a song from a, 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 a Christian artist who's a, a Christian uh, rapper. And frankly, I'm not a fan of most Christian rap because there's just all this pride that seems to just well up, and there's worldliness that just just 
comes out. Yeah. And I just, it just, I don't know, it bothers me. It's almost like, don't even claim to be Christian. Like, just go rap. You know, just, but don't, you know. But this guy, his name is Shia Lin, and he, he to me is uh, maybe not the most talented, but he has uh, always quoted, he always quotes scripture. And he always has this message that just rocks my world. This is a song called Dedication in verse 2. He says, Lord Jesus, right, I'm not going to write this, so it's okay. And you always can jump off here, you know, get the drum and drop a beat, you know. But he says, Lord Jesus, I dedicate this to you. You're shaping me to look like a replication of you. And that's the greatest honor I could possibly receive. The future guy guarantees it's not to be conceived by my finite human mind. I'm assuming when I'm glorified, I'll shine in the union with you, reminiscent of our time in communion. The greatest sunlight, you'll chase away fright when my faith becomes sight in heaven, even though I'm thankful for your blessings. Heaven is only heaven because of your presence. If that's what the future holds, shouldn't I pursue the goal? By faith to behold you now, water to my soul. And your word is sweet, every verse you need, unique. I meet you at the mercy seat where we converse and speak. Beyond the curtain, I pour out my burden. Tell you how I'm hurting. I'm so undeserving, mindful of my sinfulness and my blemishes that feel limitless. And only highlight your love's endlessness and your tenderness. Lord, you're so generous, infinite evidence. Who can count your benefits? My sins should be exposing me to suffer. Instead, you've been the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Lord, you know me better than anybody else does. And yet, you love me more than anybody else does. Yeah. I can't imagine that I'll ever get over this. How you love without compromising your holiness. My God, it gets to me how it is. This can be. Empower me to see Calvary's mystery. Jesus, I love you for that. No apology. Special dedication. Doxology. Wow. That's awesome. This is a man who understood that, that it's, it's, it's just incredible what God has done for us. Right? He knew me the most, yet he loved me the most. Yes. And with that, he was just overflowing with gratitude to be in God's presence. And when you're overflowing to be in God's presence, you want to share that. You want to have a childlike heart. So guys, I'm so grateful to be with you today. The campus lift was amazing. This is a campus service. Give it up for Sierra, who did an amazing yeah. communion. That wow. was awesome. So if, because you have such a hope, be bold, right? We are very bold. So guys, thank you guys for coming out. Yes. This is an awesome time. Glory to God. Woo!